from ABC News Radio, KMET 1490 in Southern California. This is Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with your host, Tyler Jorgensen. All right, want to welcome everybody out to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio. I am your host, Tyler Jorgensen, and today I have the legendary, the one, the only, Jim Edwards uh, out on the show and want to welcome you uh, warmly to the show, Jim. Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm also excited to see we're using the same kind of microphone, which means we're both pros. We are both super pros. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I've had the the pleasure of seeing you on stage, Jim, and, and met you a couple of times at Funnel Hacking Live. And, um, you know, I was really inspired by your story because uh, a lot of the people that we see speaking on stages and doing all these things, um, you know, it feels like they've always known exactly what they wanted to do. It's hard for us to relate, but uh, you started off one of your presentations by showing uh, a single wide trailer. You want to tell us just a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and how you kind of got started as an entrepreneur? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I was always, I was actually raised in an entrepreneurial family and um, my parents worked from home when it wasn't cool to work from home. It's like my friends made fun of me. Like, what's wrong with your parents? They're home working. And so I just thought it was normal to work from home. But I then, you know, did the whole thing of, hey, I'm going to go to college. And I got a degree from an Ivy League or a public Ivy school. Uh, you wouldn't know it to me looking at me. You think, wow, who's this redneck? But I mean, I actually <laughs> have an education. But, you know, I thought the education was going to take me further than it really did. And when I got out of school, I quit or got fired from seven different jobs. Um, but they all involve commission sales because when you have a degree in history, no one will hire you for a salary unless you want to be a teacher. So the funny thing happened, though, was I learned how to sell. Mm-hmm. And I got really good at selling. In fact, when I was 23 years old, I was working for a mortgage company. I was making over $100,000 a year. Um, back in the early 90s when 100 grand was 100 grand. Right. And the thing is, I learned how to sell, but I didn't know how to run a business. And so I thought to myself, you know what? I know how to sell. I'm going to go start a web development company with a friend of mine, my best friend at the time, who I am totally estranged from now because the fact I didn't know how to run a business um, landed me in bankruptcy and with a heart condition because I got so stressed out and everything just went to hell so fast. And so that launched me on a, a many year journey of learning how to run a business because being good at sales and knowing how to run a business are two totally different things. So, um, you know, I went from owning a house, um, driving an Acura $400 suits to living in a trailer park with my new wife going, oh dear God, what are we going to do to be able to pay the bills? And I ended up really going into a dark place of, you know, life just sucks. I, I suck. I'm, I'm no good. Um, and then I just slowly crawled my way out with the first thing I, I really started selling. The first thing I started selling online was a book I'd written on how to sell your house yourself from my days in real estate. And the funny thing is, is I was actually, I wasn't, I wasn't so much trying to make a ton of money. I was just trying to make a little bit of extra money and I started figuring stuff out. And so I took it from just this little thing. I mean, I was, I was one of the first people on the internet to sell an an ebook. And so I just started selling this ebook, started figuring out SEO, started figuring out some sales copy stuff. 
And it just, it kind of snowballed and it only took me four years to get it up to the point where it was enough to cover a house payment and um, two car payments and the electric bill. So I was able to move out of the trailer park, but I still had a job. And um, funny thing is, is I, I was working for a company that was doing SEO. I figured out, really started figuring out um, info publishing and digital marketing and, um, and I was one of the first people to create a, in fact, here it is, a multimedia CD. And this got a paper label on it. We printed it. We had these done. I mean, this is back in 2001, though. So it was a big deal. We had these yeah. printed at um, Office Depot. We were, we were duping them ourselves and all this stuff. Long story short, in three months, we sold $100,000 $100, of these. At wow. $97 a pop. And then, so I moved out of my, my trailer, moved in the house, hadn't made the first house payment yet, dude fired me. And um, so I'm like, oh my God. I mean, he fired, he, this is back when you used to pay by the minute on your cell phone. So right. he fired me over my cell phone while I'm sitting in traffic. I was paying 33 cents a minute to get fired from my job driving home to the house I hadn't even made the first house payment on. So I get home. And I told my wife I, I got fired and she said, well, you got basically 30 days to make this work, to figure something out or you're going to have to go get a job at Lowe's or something. And I was like, shh, can I say shh? Can I say no, it? No, this does go on to uh, broadcast. Okay, so I was like, gosh, darn, there's no way that, that I'm going to go work at Lowe's. So, I mean, I just, I just hit it as hard as I could, but I had paid my dues as far as learning the skills and I had, you know, made connections. I've been doing it then for, you know, for almost five years had been, but I didn't believe in myself. Right. So in that moment, desperation forced me to, to believe in myself and just to do it because, and she also said to me, you know, if you could do a third as well for us over the course of a year as you did for this guy in just three months, we, we'll be fine. And I was like, well, dang, I think I can do that. Right. Long story short, in the last four months of 2001, I made more money than I had made the previous four years combined because I finally just put it into action. I got rid of the mental, there was a mental block. I had paid my dues and gotten the skills. I I'd, I'd figured it out, but there was just a mental block that got pushed through out of desperation. So I don't know if you need to take a commercial break now or you want to keep going. <laughs> no, that's, so what I think is really interesting there is, um, one, that desperation. I think that concept that um, sometimes entrepreneurs are always entrepreneurs and sometimes we, it's almost like it, it, it gets unlocked in us out of necessity. But another thing was that you had a really strong support piece and that your wife said, like she supported you in going and figuring it out. She gave you 30 days right, right, yeah. to do it. But she didn't say, hey, go start applying, go find a job today. She kind of let, gave you that freedom in that room. But she had been supporting me for the previous five years figuring stuff out. So it wasn't like it was just, you know, I'm only giving you 30 days. She's like, look, yeah. I've seen what you can do over the last five years. I think if anything, she kind of knew that if yeah. she pushed me, it would be like, hey, you, you can do this. Just go do it. Do you think she believed in you at that point a little bit more than you even believed in yourself? Uh, yeah. And still does to this day. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And how, like kind of taking that tangent a little bit, how important do you think it is for uh, the entrepreneur to have that kind of a support piece who can kind of steady the arc a little bit when things get crazy? 
the, I will just sum it up for you as I tell anyone. Okay. And I'm, you know, if I offend people with gender stuff, be offended. Um, <laughs> the, the right woman is the making of you and the wrong woman is the breaking of you. And there is no in between. If you're with the right person, you can do anything. If you're with the wrong person, you will never do much of anything and you'll be miserable. Yeah, I think I think that's incredibly true. And and you know, the same thing applies into any partnerships that we enter into, right? Like we enter into the wrong business relationships, we enter into the wrong other kinds. And so, um, you know, if uh <laughs> hope for those of you listening that haven't made that choice yet, choose wisely. Um, I'm not going to give you advice if you've already made a choice. That's a, that's a different But I do have a marital advice product coming out soon at No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um so uh, you, when one of your presentations, you covered um, like the three major sticking points to why an offer doesn't work, right? And you talked about, um, you know, there's, there's the product and then there's the copywriting. Um, how important is the copywriting into, you know, for a physical product or for any kind of product to be sold online? It's, it's everything because you're not there. So what copywriting really is, is, is it salesmanship in print? It's salesmanship in video. It's salesmanship online. And in the real world, for sales, you need to go out and find people and then be able to tell them about your product, about your service, and how it's going to help them. Online, you don't really have that opportunity. All you can do is put your best foot forward and try to put a message out there that will cause people to pull out their wallet and, and buy something from you. And the, the key is that unlike in the real world where you can only really realistically do that 12 hours a day. In, in, when you're young, when you get older, you can't do it 12 hours a day. You have to be strategic. But there's also only one of you. There's only so many people you can see. But the cool thing online is once you have a sales message that works, you can show it to hundreds of thousands, millions of people. It will sell for you and always give the best presentation 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And if you have the right message to market match, you can sell something for five years, 10 years, 15 years. I have one product I've been selling now for 21 years online. Now I've updated occasionally and, and done some other stuff, but pretty much that sales message has remained unchanged. I have another one that I've been selling for 17 years that I will sell until the day I stop selling online. So that's the great thing is that the right offer made to the right audience can, can feed you for years. And so that's why it's so important yeah, to learn that skill. Absolutely. There's, there's an old adage that gets thrown around in these like entrepreneurial events and things that I see usually coming out of academia. And the concept of, is if you build a better mousetrap, the world will beat down a path to your door to buy it. Nope. I never liked that thing because my thing is if you don't know how to communicate the benefits of this new product, no one will ever even care. No one, no one cares if it's better, if they can understand how it's better. And there are plenty of people that have inferior products, but have I don't, just, just amazing sales copy that consistently outsell people who have a better product, who don't have 
A, don't have a sales message or B, have a cruddy sales message. So if you want to sell whatever you're selling, you need to have an amazing sales message, whether it's a video sales letter, a long form sales letter, a short form sales letter, um, you know, your posts on social media, pretty much everything is sales copy now. That's what people, you need to understand. There's, there's really no line between content and sales copy anymore. It's whatever you're putting out there is constantly selling you, trying to get people to share your story, share your product story, and in order for them to come back around to you and hopefully buy from you. So it's, it's everything. Plus, a better mousetrap to me, just as an aside, I, I did a whole big speech to a bunch of inventors. I said, to me, the perfect mousetrap is one where the mouse dies in excruciating pain because if you've ever had a mouse do something to your property, you want them to die with extreme prejudice, I'm just saying. Yes. So and, and by implication, what you're saying there is that a per, the better mousetrap is different for everyone. So you have to exactly. be able to that differently to different groups and that's hard to do. And, and that's just to finish the point, you may, the perfect sales message, you to sell your product, you may have four or five different sales messages depending on the audience that you're going after and the different segments of them and how ready they are, not ready they are for that particular sales message at that particular time. So obviously, um, if, if you're new to the world of Jim Edwards, you may not know how big copywriting is for him. So um, he is the inventor of funnel scripts, which a lot of us in the ClickFunnels community use to write ad copy and Amazon headlines and, uh, and entire webinars and all kinds of stuff. How did you get that idea to do funnel scripts? You know, I, it's funny. I think about this a lot and I actually got the idea to do this. I was the kid in 11th grade English class that loved diagramming sentences. I've always just been fascinated with, with language and also with patterns of language. And then when I got into sales, I, I realized that if, if that person said things a certain way and they got results, then what I needed to do was learn what they were saying and apply it to what I was doing. And that's when I learned about scripts. And then scripts, it just kind of one day, honestly, I was sitting in my office and I don't even live in that house anymore, but I remember exactly where I was, where I had the idea for creating the software that would allow me to, to take and synthesize all of these sales letters and all of these headlines and all of these bullets and all these different things and I could synthesize them and then how I could pluck it out of people's heads and be able to take the information out of their heads, put it into this synthesized copy and have it spit out something that made sense no matter what you sold, whether it was a product service or, or what have you. And I, and I remember where I was when I had the idea and it took me almost um, eight years to bring it to fruition. And then for the last three years, um, we've been just you know honing it in and honing it in and honing it in. And now... I mean, uh, honestly, it, we've got it down to the point where literally if, if you can just answer questions and fill out a form online, no experience required, you can whack a button and you can create amazing copy and, and compelling content. You're muted. One of the kind of side benefits that I realized of funnel scripts the first few times that I used it was that it prompted me 
like to answer questions that I maybe hadn't thought of about my offer or my product yet. And if I couldn't answer that question for a fun, just to like Mad Libs funnel scripts, right? Then, then I wasn't ready. I didn't understand it enough or I didn't understand the audience enough. And so it almost forced me to like, if I can't get through funnel scripts, I'm not, it's not ready. Right. Um, I don't know that probably wasn't intentional, but it had a great side effect. It's very intentional because when it comes down to scripts and blueprints and and things like that, it comes down to what I call building blocks. And we play with Legos a lot here at my house because I've got two, three grandkids, two of whom are boys. So we play a lot with Legos and we make our own stuff and then we usually end up breaking it. But the, the key is to think in terms of building blocks because all of these different elements, especially with sales copy and also with content, are made up of interchangeable, reusable building blocks. So it's not like the benefits that you're gonna tell people in a sales letter are different than the benefits that you're gonna tell them in a bullet, that you're gonna tell them in an email teaser. It's getting them out in the right way and then being able to use them in all those different areas. That's And that's kind of my superpower to, to been able, but I've been thinking differently for the last 50 years so, I mean, I've just, I've always just taken things apart and put them back together. Sometimes not successfully. I still get told when I was seven, I got a, um, a transistor radio back when that was a big deal and an expensive gift. Within two hours, I had ripped the thing apart to see what was in it. And my mom said, well, no big deal. My dad's freaking out. But my mom's like, well, it was his. He can do whatever he wants with it. Right. But that's, that's always been my thing is to just pull things apart and then see how I can put them back together. And then the challenge is seeing how I can do it so other people can put it back together. Yeah. And that's been fascinating kind of watching as, as you've grown funnel scripts and as you've you know spoken about on this subject is that it's allowing people who really have no, who don't have the years and years of sales experience and the years of sales training, but who have a product or a service that they're passionate about, be able to kind of use funnel scripts to be a bridge to being able like to think like a salesperson just for a little while. Right. You know? or, or not even have to think like a salesperson, but to have a really good salesperson interview them about their product or service, get the right information out of it. And then they don't out of them, they don't have to think they can plug into that salesperson's scripts. So when you, I miss, you know, you guys do funnel Fridays or at least you did for a long time and, and you've seen a lot of people's funnels. Do you think that is there one common thing or yeah, a, their headlines suck. The head. <laughs> and isn't that interesting? They skip the headline. They worry about the pictures. They worry about how the funnel looks aesthetically. They worry about the pricing. They worry about all these things, but no one's even scrolling past the headline. Right. And here's, here's the, here's a truth. Here's a maxim, not that magazine with scantily clad women, but a maxim that you can take to the bank. An amazing headline with mediocre copy will always, always outperform amazing copy with a mediocre headline. And the reason for that is an amazing headline stops people in their tracks and get them, gets them to pay attention to your sales letter, to your video, to your video sales letter, to your article, to your content, to your post, to your tweet, to your whatever, okay? It's what stops them in their tracks and makes them pay attention to you. We're, we live now in a feed mentality, the news feed mentality. The world is scrolling by on our screen. Right. And you have to stop them. Now you can do it with pictures and you can do it with words, 
but the headline, those are the words that are going to stop them and make them pay attention. If they never stop, they're just going right on by. So the headline is the number one thing that you've got to get right. And the cool thing now is that there are so many tools that you can use to test your headlines to see which ones are the best that it just makes it, it it's a no brainer. The one challenge is how do you come up with more than one headline? Because most people are like, got me a headline, right? that's fixed, I'm cool. And um, they don't realize that by testing headlines, you can really, I mean, I've, I personally have increased my, my profit by 500% just by changing a headline. Five times the profit just by changing a headline and nothing else. And so, you know, that's one of the cool things we do with Funnel Scripts is that you can create dozens, if not hundreds of different headlines that you can choose from to test. If anything, we do people a disservice because we give you so many amazing, proven, right. awesome headlines that it can be hard to choose. But I'd yeah. rather have a hard time choosing than sweating my brain trying to come up with, um, you know, two. So, you know, obviously ClickFunnels makes it easy to test headlines, uh, Facebook ads and things like that. You can run variants. When you first got started advertising online, how, I mean, it had to be a lot harder at that time to test. So, you know, what were you using to kind of get through those iterations then? And, and, you know, how has that changed, right? Dude, when I started, I was processing my ebook sales through my aunt's store at the craft mall. I had to print the order out, call her on the phone, manually process the thing. She would tell me it was okay. And then I would email the people their ebook. Okay, that's the level of sophistication we had. We're using front page 97. This was all before the turn of the century, okay? And the turn of the century was like almost 19 years ago now. So the, the amazing thing now is nobody has an excuse. The tools that make it easy, you can, you can split test till the cows come home. There are people that let you process a million dollars without even doing a credit check on you before. I mean, I felt like I was trying to get a national security clearance just trying to get a $2,000 a month merchant account back in the day. It, it, it's, it's night and day. The only thing that's standing between you and making millions of dollars is an amazing idea and some awesome sales copy and fulfilling on your promises and having good customer support and all that stuff. But, but dude, it has never been easier to, to get rolling and people say, well, you know, there wasn't as crowded when you were doing it, Jim. Well, that's true, but there weren't as many people online and you had to spend half your sales letter convincing people that you weren't a crook and it was okay to spend $29 with you and you were going to send them a PDF. In fact, I was selling eBooks, dude, they even have PDFs. PDF wasn't right. even invented. I was sending people the DOC file, the word file. They could, they had all my text in a word file was how they were getting my ebook, but we didn't use it as an excuse. So you youngins got no excuse for making this happen. Did I answer your question? It did. It's great. I, you know, and I think that's a good point, right? Is that so many times the entrepreneur is stuck in the, in the reasons why something won't work or why the barriers that they haven't even explored, they've just assumed. And I've, I've always chosen to live in an environment of assume the best, right? Assume that the opportunity is present. Assume that those things. Assume everything is.
You're getting your dog all stirred up, man. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to splice this part. Hold on. I want to do a pet related product. That's what the dog is saying. But you know, the cool thing is that people say, you know, there weren't as many people online, but there weren't as many potential customers back then. And the well, other thing yeah, is that even barriers. though there are more people online now, he's selling, it's all this churning noise and, and a great message, if anything, will, will make you stand out even more because you don't have the stuff of, hey, is this legit? Is the internet real? Is it going to last? Exactly. All that stuff. It's just like, here's somebody that's got their mess together and they've got a great message and they're helping people and everything's congruent. And, and that's why you see people that every once in a while, they pop out of nowhere and it's like they're a star. It's not because they're getting lucky. I mean, I'm not talking about like internet, YouTube star. So yeah, I'm talking yeah. about someone who just shows up and they're like, where did this person come from? But it's like everything they're saying and everything they're doing is congruent and it just works. Absolutely. So you've got some really cool things coming out. You've got Copywriting Secrets, the book, uh, Copywriting Secrets, the flamethrower. No, wait, just the book. Uh, and so you've got, um, and then obviously you guys are continuing to um, grow and improve funnel scripts. Tell us a little, why did you decide to write a book? Um, you know, the reason I decided to write a book is because, and I've actually written dozens of other books and, and self-published them, but this is the first one that we've gone through, you know, with, with like a, a real type publisher. Um, and the reason I decided is because there are so many people online trying to sell who have no clue how to sell what sales is all about. So even though the title of the book is Copywriting Secrets, as we established earlier in the, in the interview, um, in order to sell, you have to know copywriting, but you also need to understand sales techniques. You need to understand uh, psychology. You need to understand why people buy. So it's, it's as much a book about sales for non-salespeople as it is a copywriting book. And so that was the, this is the book I wanted to write. If I could have reached back 20 some odd years to my old, my younger self, and say, look, dude, this is the stuff you need to know. This is what matters. This is why people buy. This is how you get clicks. This is how you write ads quickly that work. This is how you create amazing headlines, amazing emails. This is, you know, these are the things you need to do to get people to pull out their wallet and spend money with you. So that's why I decided to write the book. Yeah, I'm ordering three today. I don't know where, but I'll find it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> that sounds awesome. What, um, so to me, Jim, life and business is is all about at least like building the life that we want right so it, there's no joy in building a, a business that in, in the end you end up despising and not having a good life so i always ask this question what's one major item on your personal bucket list that you're going to accomplish in the next 12 months um i hadn't really thought about that because i pretty much every day am living the day living the life that yeah. i want to live um you know, my wife and I may go to uh, may go to Egypt and to a Nile River cruise uh, next year, but I mean, I, honestly, I've I live my bucket list every day, and I don't know if this is more detailed than one you want to know about it, but I'm very conscious of mortality, and so there's not a day that goes by that I don't think, you know, what someday I'm not going to be here. I need to make an impact, an impact on my family an impact on my grandkids, an impact on my 
people that follow me online. It's, it's all about impact. When I was in my 30s, it was all about, hey, can I really, you know, could I get super rich? And then in my 40s, I was like, now I need to really get my health back because I spent my 30s wasting my health trying to make money. Right. And now in my 50s, it's like I'm doing this because I want to and I'm, I'm doing stuff every day to make a difference in the world. Some days I work 18 hours a day. Other days I'll work two days. Um, do, I, do I do everything perfectly? No. Should I spend more time with my wife? Absolutely. Um, but I'm getting better. That's awesome. And, and I agree. Really, it's not about like living our life for big bucket list checks, but really living the life that we want every day. Can uh, I share one last thought? Would love to. Yeah. And go this for is it. something that I learned the hard way that almost killed me. And this especially for entrepreneurs. What I just said there, don't let it go by. I, I said I spent my 30s trying to make money and my 40s trying to recover my health. I wish that I could go back to my 20s and remind myself to exercise every day. You know, seven years ago, I weighed two, almost 260 pounds and was getting winded walking down to the mailbox. Now I can do 33 pull-ups in a row without stopping. But I wish that I had not gone through the pain of the last seven years reclaiming my health. I wish I had just kept it all along. So please make physical fitness a part of your everyday life, even if it's just walking. Take care of your body. Watch your diet. Get enough rest because it doesn't do you any good to come in first at the end of your life and you know, be rich and dead. So I just really want to be the one who maybe somebody will hear that and go, dang, I, I, maybe I better walk every day or something. So I just, no, that's huge. And and I can echo that from personal experience as well. I see, it seems like sometimes, you know, the pendulum will swing and the energy and focus goes into finances and then the pendulum swings and it goes into health. And, you know, you got to find a way to focus to, to not lose health or finances and find that balance. So Make really an appointment with that. yourself every day to do something. Absolutely. So highly encourage you guys, please go check out the Jim Edwards Learn more about Jim. He's awesome. Uh, digital and virtual high fives all around. Thank you for listening to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with Tyler Jorgensen. Please make sure to subscribe so you're first to hear new interviews and episodes. If you found this podcast to be valuable, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to visit our online dojo at bizninja.com to claim your reward for listening to the show.